Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Before we get into this week's episode, just wanting to ask our lovely listeners a little favour, and that is please to rate and review the podcast. Now, I know you hear this a lot and you're probably thinking, why does every podcast ask us to rate and review? Well, the reason is it does actually help us to get shown. And uh, as everyone knows, the algorithms do wonderful and weird things. So if you are able to spend a few minutes to rate and review the podcast, it helps us get these inspirational stories out to more people. Now, Annette, our producer, has put a little how-to guide on exactly how you rate and review. So jump on awardsaustralia.com slash podcasts and you'll find that really easy guide on how to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, did you know that we're on Instagram? You can find us at inspirational.australians. That's our handle. And we're starting to show a bit more content from our awesome guests, like today's guest, Elise, who I'll introduce very shortly. Lastly, if you've got any questions about the podcast, you want to recommend a guest who you think should come on, let us know. You can tell us about that and email us at info at awardsaustralia.com. Now, on to today's guest. Uh, Elise Brown is the owner of Fair Dinkum Dogs. And the first thing you'll see when you, uh, when you Google it or when you go to her website is two adorable whippets wearing the coolest coats you've ever seen. So if that doesn't sell you on it right away, I don't know what will. Elise was a winner of the Victorian Regional Achievement and Community Awards back in 2010. She's winning the Regional Development Victoria Trade and Career Award and Regional Development Victoria are still a sponsor partner of the awards to this day. That award has kind of morphed into the Business Award, um, but that is just a bit of a side note. So when Elise was part of this award program, she was a young person in business. And, uh, you know, as she said to me earlier, not so young anymore, but still, I think you're pretty young, Elise. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks, Josh. So going back to 2010, what age were you? Do you remember? Um, oh, well, I suppose you can just do the maths, but how old were you when you won that award? Uh, golly, I don't know. It must have been 20. 20- one-ish, I think, because I was um, about to get married. <laughs> oh, there you go. And yeah. so did you win the award for Fair Dinkum Dogs back then? Yes, I did, yeah. So I was running two businesses. I had Fair Dinkum Dogs and I had uh, Midland Pet Supplies. So uh, I was very, very busy. And to go out to this awards night, I remember sitting there thinking, oh, this is great. You know, I didn't have to cook for myself. I was sitting there around the table and there was a meal and I could actually stop for a moment because my life had been running two businesses, organising a wedding. It was full on. And I remember having my grandparents and and my mum and my fiancé there at the table thinking, oh, this is just so nice sitting here enjoying everyone's company and listening to all these amazing people in our community. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're a regional person. Where, you know, where did you grow up? Castlemaine. So um, I think I'm seventh generation here in Castlemaine. Wow. And, um, and Fair Income Dog Coats, it was called originally, was developed in Castlemaine and the Molden area. So I'm the third owner and the previous owners I'm still in contact with, they're amazing women that have supported me the whole way through. So it's a very much an Australia, a Australian business, but also Castlemaine, Victoria, the whole time since um, 93 it's been in Castlemaine. Yeah, wow. 
And so do you find that, you know, even though you're based in Castle Maine, that you've got customers from all over the place? All over. Um, all over. I, I post to every corner of the world, um, mainly Australia. The New Zealanders love our uh, Australian-made products as well, um, as do we love theirs as well. So, yeah, I post everywhere and we hand make to fit every breed of dog. So we've got our coats um, for designs and then any of those designs can be custom made to fit. So sometimes you'll look at our um, sizing guide and go, oh, no, my dog doesn't fit. No worries. We'll make that exact coat to your dog's measurements. Well, the reason I mentioned whippets, I saw them on the on the front page there. I have you know, oh. I had two whippets. Sadly, I only have one now. Yeah. But um. And that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, oh, wow, they fit whippets because they got such weird body shapes, greyhounds and whippets. And, yeah, that's cool if they can, you know, if you obviously can cater to them, then you can cater to any dog. Yeah, well, actually, when I was um, running Midland Pet Supplies and I was selling to 30 pet shops around Australia with my dog coats and all these pet shops were saying, Elise, can you hand, you know, can you make for a whippet? So I remember dedicating two weeks, like, it was just whippets, whippets, whippets oh, to get really? that design right. And it really did take the full two weeks to get that perfected. But I'm so proud of that coat. Every time I make a whippet coat, I think I know how much work went into getting this design right. As same with my greyhounds. So um, the other thing is I noticed that there really wasn't any whippet or greyhound coats that were handmade in Australia and waterproof. It, it just didn't exist. So I went about to get that happening and um, I'm, I'm really proud of those designs. Yeah, that's really cool. And so kind of a fast, I was going to say fast forwarding, rewinding back a little bit to, uh, to 2010 again. So just because there was so much going on, I just want to explore that quickly. Yeah. You're 21, you own two businesses and you're about to get married. Like that's wow. <laughs> So much. Yeah, and we bought we bought our first house too. So I, I didn't hold back. We just oh, hey. we went hammer and tong into our life at that stage. But um, it was very busy. But geez, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And w- what were some of the challenges you remember? You know, back then. Uh, time management. We get lucky with youth. You can just um, work long, very long hours. Um, we didn't have children. We just had our fur babies. So they would just come with me wherever I was. So that was easy enough. You can't quite do that with children. (laughs) But, yeah, I just worked very long hours. The whole family jumped in and supported me, which was wonderful. And I really had the support of our community. There was businesses across the road that would pop in, check up on me. Um, I always felt like I had... I could just jump on the phone and call and ask a question if I needed an answer. And, um, and yeah, it was, I, I felt very supported being a young person in business. My family financed me, which was, um, which was wonderful. I had for fair income dogs, when I wanted to purchase that business, the original, the, the owner previous to me, she said, Elise, I will support you. You know, I will teach you. So I felt supported there. My nan gave me the money to purchase the business and then my grandmother, so both sides of the family supporting me, provided the sewing room. So, And she was a seamstress, so I had her endless support. Um, so there was no wonder at, at 19 why I felt supported to go into business. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, do you think that's, you know, something, you know, unique to a regional town? Was that, does that help, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's hard for me to speak. I, I've been nothing but 
rural uh, in Castlemaine. So, um, but I certainly feel like you know the other business owners in the in the town. You see them regularly. You feel like you can, and in Castlemaine especially, you do not go down the street and not speak to every second person that you pass. We're, we're all we know everybody. Um, so you you can always jump and ask a question if you need um, need to know something straight away. There's always somebody there to help you. So nineteen kind of uh, you know purchasing a business. Obviously, that's pretty you know to me that tells me that you're a very driven person. Mm-hmm. Did you you know that's a young age? Did you know that that was going to be the path your career would take? No, I through school. Um, I, I struggled with the school system and, and I actually see my eldest daughter doing the same. Um, but we we have brains that think outside the box a bit. So I keep assuring her, you know, this is going to be great in life. You know, the way you think yep. is is sought after. So I, I did struggle at school and I, I've always loved my animals. I would every night finish school, jump on my horse, go for a ride, board a collie, you know, beside me, off we'd go. And um, so I was never without an animal there in my life, either horses and definitely I've never been without a, a dog. They are my best mates really. Um, and to this day, you know, I'm on the sewing machine and, and I've got my border collies there hanging out with me. If I walk across to the house, they're right there with me or if I'm back at the sewing room, that's where they are. And now that we're selling dog treats, they make sure they're on their best behaviour because there's a, a wall of dog treats you know <laughs> right there in the sewing room so um and they're just be ready social... ready and waiting in case one falls down i'm sure oh yes yeah they're, they're very excited that we're selling dog tricks now <laughs> yeah oh that's great so yeah school can be tough for some people and you know uh everyone's got you know so many different stories about their schooling experience and i suppose it is it's hard isn't it that there's this one size fits all kind of approach um where did you you know were able to channel that energy you're saying you think differently where were you able to kind of funnel that i i saw it in my everyday life so my father he struggled at school and now um him and his wife run four businesses he, he's he's got a very big plumbing business here in Castlemaine. And then my mother, well, she didn't struggle at school, but um, my mother always was there pushing me, you know, saying, no, you can do it, you know. And um, she she's on to her second book, uh, uh, which her, her latest book is Australian Rural Entrepreneurs. So that might explain why I had the support of my mother and then the surrounding family that were all in businesses and ready to pitch in and help. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, you know, we were chatting the other day and um, you showed me that book and uh, there's a lovely message for you yeah. in, in the front cover. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, arrived home the other night. I knew I knew my mum's book was um, hot off the press, but it. I arrived home a couple of nights ago and there it was on my doorstep waiting for me. And um, on the inside cover, there's a message to me and my brother who both run our own businesses and we both have our children watching every move that we make and also part of the business. You know, my girls, they're eight and six and they run in after school. Mum, what can we do? And I think, oh, my gosh, this is this is the dream, isn't it? I've got my border collies here with me. I'm working from home. My kids want to help out. They're begging me to do markets. Well, 
I would like to get back into the market scene, um, but I'm, I'm really flat out with my online sales. So I'm very aware that you only bite off as much as you can chew. And um, But the, the girls, they'll be at the market helping sell dog treats and dog coats with me and they'll, they'll just love that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So now that you are a mum, what, you know, this probably sounds, this is probably almost too much to ask that you could dedicate an entire podcast to this question, but mm. what was um, it like for you being a business owner, being, you know, obviously you sew the, mm. uh, the handmade dog coats. What was that like? Yeah. Having children and then kind of continuing the business or um, the way you manage the business even. Yeah. That really is interesting. Well, this may be controversial what I did, but at the end of the day, it's my business so I can choose to do what I like with it. But I I scaled the business right down when I became a mother. So my um, stock and poultry supply business, when my daughter was born, she was two weeks old and I sold that business. I was lifting a ton a day and anybody that's had children, um, lifting's not great when you're pregnant. So I had, while I was pregnant with her, I set up that business online. So I was at home on the computer posting out orders and I had staff in, in my shop. But I really, being a mother for me was a lifelong dream. And um, so when she was two weeks old, I sold the stock and poultry supplies a business, which was wonderful. And then I just was able to do my dog coats. So I was still supplying 30 pet shops around Australia. And it was, I finally had the time to sit down and do my actual book work and check out how much I was earning. Now, wholesale in Australia is pretty tough. So at that time, websites were really starting to develop. Online sales were starting to develop. Selling through Facebook was starting to develop. So I was home with Monique um, as a small baby and I wrote a letter to all my pet shops and said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cease supplying pet shops. And, and I just went out on my own selling direct to the customer through my online business. Um, so I did... I didn't, I, the profits were much better because I was sitting down and I was making and selling direct to the customer then and I could really focus in on being a mum, a good mum and um, that was the most important thing to me. When Phoebe was born, um, I actually emailed and, and messaged all my customers and said, please get your orders in because I'm about to have this baby She's a May baby, so it's right in sort of my season. And everyone was lovely. They placed their orders early and then I, I see selling while I had her because I'll always put being a mother first to, to the business and that's a bit controversial, but that's the way I want to do things. And um, and so, yeah, so I did. And, and now that Phoebe and Monique are both in school, I'm getting rolling with the business again. I know I've got all the elements. The business is 27 years old and I've got people reviewing saying, you know, I've had my coat for 15 years. One lady lost it for a couple of months, dug her coat up, re-oiled it and then, oh, it's good as gold and put it back on the dog again. So I've got proof in the pudding when it comes to the quality of the product I'm making because of the years that I've been doing it for. And um, and so I've got the product. I've got a, a really great product. The kids are in school now and um, and I'm ready to grow the business. Well, Elise, you said at the top there that this could be controversial, but it sounds to me like it was just incredibly intelligent. Um, you had this business that 
you were able to take online. It wasn't online. You took it online and then you sold it because you had this new chapter in your life unfolding. Mm. You know, to me, that's a massive like um, entrepreneurial win. And then uh, you changed your business structure to better suit your lifestyle. I think, you know, to me, that just sounds like an incredible achievement on your behalf and something to be yeah so proud of. I am proud of that that fact. I think that a lot of um, business people think, you know, I've got to grow, I've got to grow at a certain rate, got to grow faster. Whereas I'm in it for the long haul. I I want to be a part of this brand. The brand is very uh, an honest brand, brand uh, an Australian brand, um, which is very very much me. Um, so I'm in it for the long haul and making sure that the quality of the product and customer service is never sacrificed in that. And um, it's very much a family business, which which is so is yours. And um, and I was really excited to talk to you because of that. Oh, thanks. I was just about to say the same thing. Like I'm stoked to speak to people like you because these are the stories that we love sharing. We're not really about through our awards, recognizing people who, you know, scale their business to sell it and then start a new one, scale and sell. And um, it's all about, you know, 10x profits and offshore kind of uh, investments. We're not about that. It's about, yeah, real community stories. And what you've done is, yeah, you, you've built your career and your business around your lifestyle. And that's, you know, I think that's something, yeah, to be just to aim towards for others to strive toward. That's great. Yeah, and community was the other thing you said. I really wanted to be part of our community, but Obviously, when you're a business owner and a mother, time restraints are, are in place. So I was thinking, how can I do this? And our local rescue group is um, Mount Alexander Animal Rescue. Um, and I thought, how can I support them? So now we've got $2 from every dog coat going to support them and the work that they do. They're amazing. And I was in there, oh, it must have been about six months ago now. And I said, oh, what's all these boxes? And they had all these dog toys delivered and they said oh we've been donated all these dog toys brand new dog toys and I said well I'm happy to take some and sell them through my online platform so we've got um these dog toys that we're selling to help raise money for them um and yet any way that I can help out um it's great for my I mean I just enjoy doing it but I'm also very aware that I've got an eight-year-old and six-year-old eyes on me and I really want to build those kids up to be part of their community so true they just watch everything don't they oh they do <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh that's so funny just bringing back all these memories of uh because i've got two, yeah, two so you have two girls is that right yeah two girls yeah. Nick and phoebe i've got two little ones a bit younger than yours three and two but oh. yeah it's so true they just watch everything and you do really have to be conscious yeah. um and it's the almost the ultimate kind of uh you know, the way to keep you authentic and, and make sure that you're operating, you know, on a really, as a, in, as a good human, because uh, they just watch everything. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's what parenting's about, it's about teaching them to be uh, as good as they can be as well. Yeah. And I'm very aware of telling my kids, live your best life. You know, um, I really enjoy business because the thing I love about business is the fact that you never stop learning. The minute you think you've learnt Facebook, they've changed it slightly. So you've got more learning to do. And I like that challenge of constantly learning. Um, but I'm very, I love my animals and I love being part of the community. So I'm really ticking off all my, um, you know, the things that keep keep me happy. What do they call it? You know, um, you got to keep your bucket full, you know, to... Yep. 
I, I do that within my business um, and and with my girls helping out as well, which is so nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're an animal lover as well. Um, are your, have your girls taken on that too? Oh, my gosh. My eight-year-old, is, well, no, my eight-year-old's very connected to our 12-year-old border collie. Wherever my eight-year-old is, my border collie is following her scanning the room that her eyes are constantly on her and um we just recently went water skiing actually and we had um missy the border, the 12 year old border collie in the boat and it was really interesting to watch because when my eight-year-old was on the ski she was watching very oh. very intently you know concerned almost watching but then when my six-year-old Got, went skiing my she was watching the eight-year-old in the boat she wasn't really watching my six-year-old but my six-year-old's very uh close with our cat so they've both developed those relationships which is just gorgeous and then we've got chooks we've got calves we've got horses so uh they're never short for for a cuddle around our house which I love so much and when last year when we were ho- homeschooling I found I would watch my daughter, especially my um, my eldest. She's got some learning difficulties. So I was homeschooling the kids and any time it got a bit much for her, she would wrap her arms around our border collie and really take comfort in that. And, I mean, there has been studies done, but I don't need studies to tell me that it helps calm her and um, it just helped I guess, ground her and make her refocus, have a little break from her work, have a cuddle, have a roll around on the floor with the border collie, and then we were able to get back into schooling again. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, and you actually kind of preempted the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, you know, what last year was like for you and your family because oh. obviously there's challenges, but from a, I guess from a business perspective first and a family um, can go next, but you already had a home business. So did that mm. mean that you were able to continue on with your, you know, your normal business kind of uh, as you would normally do? I guess the great thing about a home-based and um, running, uh, yeah, running a business online is that you can manipulate your hours. So for me, so 2019, I got a digital champions grant and so there was um, 20,000, so it's called, uh, yeah, the Digital Champions Grant. It's a federal government grant. I'm not sure that they're going to run it this year. So last year was the first year they ran it. Got that grant, which they flew us to Sydney, and we spent two days in Facebook headquarters. So wow. I was upskilled majorly. And while I was in Facebook headquarters, they offered five of the 100 businesses um, the opportunity to do some filming. And when I was in the dungeon doing the filming, I I just connected with this lady that was in charge of it and I was trying to do the filming, which is not one of my strengths, is to be able to, you know, reel off line upon line oh, with a camera in your face. That's, that's very full on. So I was there doing it and she was really supporting me. And she, at the end of the filming, she said, Elise, we pick 30 businesses every year to be part of the Facebook gift guide. And I'd love for fair income dogs to be part of that. And I was I was pretty excited, but it was I think I was still in shock from the filming, to be honest. <laughs> so it was really nice, and I thought, oh well, that that's promising. Hopefully, that comes 
and and I flew home from Sydney with all the training that we've been put through. Michelle Bridges was one of the guest speakers. And, And just being in Facebook headquarters in Sydney was just amazing. You know, you often see video of Google headquarters, how each level you go up, it changes, you know, one one level is um, jungle theme, the next level is a different theme and that's what it was like in Facebook headquarters. And they had kabutcher on tap, which I found oh, really? <laughs> hilarious, yeah. Funny. So what an experience. So I was in um, Sydney and I got that and I flew home from and, and I think it must have been about a month after they did call me and said, yes, you're part of the 30 businesses. So they then flew me back to Sydney for a day trip to um Fox Studios where I I did some filming and photo um, and so I came back from that and we went to Canberra Parliament House had our products on display Um, uh, Grace uh, from Buy From The Bush was there she's an amazing lady and I was put through a lot of training for Facebook so basically here I am thinking okay 2020 my youngest is going to be in school I've been put through all this training Shopify was the other thing. I've been through about four different um, website platforms, all of which had their faults. And when I moved to Shopify, I was so excited because you've got so much support with Shopify. They, it's an easy platform. I mean, I've been, as I said, four platforms of different websites, all of which had their faults. Um, And I'm so excited now to be with Shopify and feel that support and, um, so everything was lining up for me, you know, kids in school and then COVID hit. Yep. <laughs> so my poor, my poor six-year-old who was so excited about being a preppy, all of a sudden, I think she had eight weeks of school and then they were both home homeschooling from then on. So we were bottle rearing lambs. We had homeschooling kids and then I was going into my dog coat season. So that was a year and a half, but... As I said, we could manipulate our hours. So my husband, thankfully, finishes work at 2.30. So I would homeschool the morning and and then he would, I would have the kids in the house while I was sewing in the sewing room for about an hour, but then he would be home. And, of course, they can just run across to me and and they have the border collies with them at all times. So, yeah, we just totally manipulated our hours and I did late nights and, um, yeah, but we got through it. So yeah, that's um, what a hectic year because you would have been yeah, work, like you said, working late nights and you'd have been so tired. Like basically, yeah. there's no time for anything else. You're doing the home learning with your kids, yeah. and then working on your business, and then there's not much time. You can't well, not that you could go anywhere that much last year, but yeah, yeah. The 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 thing that was really hard for me, but I just had to put it on the back burner was that I had been put through so much training. Yeah. And I I knew how to do Facebook and I knew how to do Instagram, but I didn't have the time to do it because I was, and and the biggest thing for, that I've learned is get behind the camera, you know, do a video, talk to your customers. Did I have time to do that? No, I was just too busy getting the orders out, too busy homeschooling. So now that the kids are in school and um, as of two weeks ago, I have been able to actually put time into building my business as long as for, as well as fulfilling the orders and and I'm at the moment trying to stockpile um, some coats so that we're ready to go for our season this year. So yeah, so now from an just as my best guess, but 
when you say coming into your season, is that because it's coming into winter and everyone realises, oh, my dog's cold, I need to get a coat? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So with showing up, once upon a time, I didn't show up very well on online. So I know I have a great product, but not many people knew about it because I wasn't showing up very well on my socials. Um, so now that I, so I, I mainly just did sales in winter because I wasn't showing up now well. But now that I'm talking to my customers all year round, I'm getting sales all year round, but I'll still get lots and lots in winter compared to over the summer months because I don't know about you, but I don't go and buy jackets in the middle of summer. Um, so it's just a seasonal type product. I've yep. got big dreams to extend on my product range. So, so at the moment I sell dog coats. We've got our Australian-made dog treats. They're selling really well, which is so exciting to see. I've got doggy bandanas and all-natural pet soaps. Um, so I've got the, uh, four, four different products and I've got dreams of doing further, um, extending on my product range. But as I said, I do not want to sacrifice on the quality of the product or customer service. So I'm only biting off as much as I can chew, but I'm in it for the long haul and, um, and that's what's important with my business. For sure. So how do you handle all that? Is it is it just you, Elise? Like you handle all the customer inquiries and everything like that? Or you got it's a team? all me. It's yeah. all me, yeah. And and I, even though I get support from, um, I get contractors in to help with sewing when I need it, um, it's, all, it's always me in terms of the emailing and the social media and um, the orders. So um, I'd like to keep it that way for as long as possible because it just means that you know who you're buying from. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, so, you know, where can, so fair income dogs, I can tell you now that your SEO is very good because I looked you up, you know, in my research and straight away, there you are. Oh, um, so yeah, you're very, you're uh, very findable now, especially as you alluded to. So wh- where can people find you though, in terms of your socials and things like that? So fairdincomedogs.com.au is my website and then Fair Income Dogs on Facebook and Fair Income Dogs Australia on Instagram. Yeah, nice one. So you've done well to get the good uh, good handles there. I was very lucky there, yeah. Oh, that's great. And so what have you, so, you know, if you're happy to share, what are, I know you, you talked about doing some more video content and things like that, but mm-hmm. what else are you excited for this year to kind of, you know, utilise those learnings and those skills that you um, that you had back from all that work you did with the Facebook? I guess before I got the Digital Champions Grant and before I was part of the Facebook gift guide, I, I, I didn't really know exactly what I needed to be doing. I knew that I needed to be on Facebook. I knew I needed to be on Instagram, but I didn't know what I needed to be talking about, to be honest. Um, so with part of my money, which was um, 18500 minus the the, uh, the GST um, for the Digital Champions Grant. Part of that I spent on branding and I actually employed Walker Digital in Melbourne and those ladies are just amazing. Oh, and, and there's Josh that works with them. Um, they're just amazing at getting your head straight on in terms of, okay, this is your brand And these are the key points that you're going to be discussing on your social media. So for me, people want to see me making the product. They want to see behind the scenes. They want to see me with my border collies. 
out riding my horse, you know, bottle feeding lambs, whatever we're up to in our family. And I wasn't sure that it was great to have the, those women and say, well, do I show that? And they're saying, of course you do, you know. Yeah. My eight-year-old would pop over to the sewing room with a chook under her arm and sit and chat with me with a chook, you know. So, <laughs> so I started showing that through my social media. And then there's the branding. Obviously, Fair Income Dogs, we're a Castlemaine business. We're very Australian. So it, showing our culture that we are Australian, this is an Australian-made product, is, is part of my branding. And it's so great because I am my branding, so it's not hard to, to, to come up with content because yeah. it is our family, it is the business. Um, So, yeah, Australia made, behind the scenes, um, obviously the love for our dogs. Um, I'm I'm never without my best mates by my side and my customers can relate to that. They can relate to the fact that if they've had a tough day, what do you do? You go wrap your arms around your best mate. You know, um, everybody experiences deaths in the family, which... Uh, which we have and um every time I just I got sick of talking to to people I just wanted to be left alone with my animals you know so I can relate to that but I wasn't doing it very well on my social media so now I'm just showing more of myself more of the business through our social content I think that's really yeah eloquent advice for business owners who are like you where they're the you know, they're the main person in their business. Mm. They, they kind of, they're, and like, as you said, your brand, you don't have to think of what do I say? What do I do? Because you are the business and, and therefore your brand is, is you. So I think that's really uh yeah, a nice way to put it. Very, just be, be authentic, be yourself. Um, and that's what your customers love about fed and income dogs. And, and this is something that I struggle with and I'm sure a lot of people, other people do as well. And I'm every day I'm trying to work through it. I, I really don't want to be behind the camera. I really don't want to be. I will video my my girls, my my animals till the cows come home. But when I turn that that camera around on myself, but what we learnt about in Facebook is headquarters is the fact that you've just got to keep doing it. If you yeah. just don't don't try and hit perfection, you know, people are going to see me stuff up all the time. But just set it live. People understand that we're all human. We all make mistakes. And and the thing is, the more videoing I'm doing, the less mistakes I'm making. Um, so it's progressing along the way. But if I was to make sure that every video or every, everything I posted was perfect, it would never go out, to be honest. Because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not qualified in, you know, social media or branding. I'm a, a real person running a, non, a home business and that's exactly what I am. So I'm showing that through my socials. I hear you, Elise. Video is so, it can be so awkward. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this is like, people are going to think I'm an idiot. But the truth is no one thinks that. No, it's only us. We're our worst critics. Absolutely. Um, it is yeah. hard to, to have that self battle with yourself. Uh, one piece of advice I got, mm-hmm. which when I remember it is the best advice for me for video is one take. And as you said, don't worry about the little stuff ups. It's human. It's normal. Just yeah. do one take and then take a step further. Don't even review it. Just, <laughs> just use it. So obviously it's not, po- it's not a polished 
if you're looking for polished content, but it's a good way to have that authentic kind of uh, communication with your, you know, your clients or your, your followers. And you would have found the same, you know, you make less mistakes the more you do it. Definitely. So- just start, yeah, just get get going. I always think with my business, my, my dog treats, they're such an amazing uh, quality product. But my uh, dog treat packaging at the minute, it's I love it, you know, but I've just got to tweak a few things. But if I hadn't waited for that to be perfect, you know, I wouldn't be selling even at the moment, whereas I'm sending it out at the moment. It's not quite where I want it to be. Do my customers mind? No. They've got a fantastic product. They're, they're buying from a real person and uh, and that's what the main thing is. And, I'll, and I'm t- currently today, I'm tweaking that, that design and, and looking into getting it printed at a mass, um, mass level soon. So, just start, you know, just take those small steps, just get moving, don't let, don't overthink it, yeah. That's another great piece of advice, definitely concur with that 100%. Um, Elise, the one thing I do want to ask you, it's a bit of a change in topic, but I just want to make sure we get to it because it is so interesting and unique and I'm sure you know what I'm going to ask you here. Back in, uh, I think it was 2011, you'd, you know, you'd won the uh, award through the Regional Achievement and Community Awards and then you got invited to meet the queen. Yeah. You tell us how, Hey, how does that come about? Like, you know, where was my invite? First of all, um, <laughs> how do you get invited to meet the queen? And then did you actually go through and, and get to meet her? So that is a good question. How I got invited to meet the queen. We still don't know the answer, but the only thing we can think of is because of this award, the, the regional achievers award that I received. So I received that award in 2010 and then, yeah, it must have been early 2011 that I, I received the invite to, to meet the Queen. And it comes in the envelope, very, you know, professional looking with the Queen's logo on the top. So at the time, I had just bought our first house. I was running the two businesses and we were planning our, oh no, sorry, we had just got married. So uh, my a lot of my posts still went to my mum's house and she came running into the pet shop, Elise, open this, you know, and um, there it was, an invite to meet the Queen when she came to Melbourne. So wow. I found out, we didn't know how I got invited, but we really do think it was because of the your award, that the, the award that we won through you guys. So I, the, I was one of 400 invited from Victoria and there was a room full of people with canapes going round, some amazing Victorians in that room. So the networking was just just phenomenal. Where was that? In Government House in oh, Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, so I had to dull up for the day. <laughs> you know, no lifting stock feed or covered in animal hair that day. Um, and But, it, yeah, what an experience. And, and you probably gathered just by chat, chatting to me. I'm very good in situations where it's just just chatting and and especially talking business. So I just thrived in that room. I, I just love talking to people and hearing their stories and what they were up to in their life. And um, and so yeah, so we we're 400 people in that in that big hall, and she she sort of um, circled. Well, 
there, we had to sort of create a path through all the people. Yep. So she just sort of walked through. And um, I'll be honest with you, she was on the other side of the room to where I was, but um, Prince Philip was chatting to our group um, very close to us. But, yeah, what an experience. That's cool. That isn't just, yeah, absolutely amazing. Like I can just picture in my mind your mum running in like with a letter because that would be so bizarre, just like. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was just, okay, what is this, you know? <laughs> it was um, it was really funny. Another really big uh, moment was my uh, my mum had one. Uh, now, my mum's a bit of a high achiever, so I can't even remember what it was for, but we were in this room and there must have been about, oh, I don't know, three, four hundred, I don't know, there was a lot of people in this room for one of the, the um, awards she had won. And we were sitting with the Win TV crew um, and Ita Buttrose was on the other table and I was only maybe 19 or 20 at the time and mum, mum's saying, Elise, you know, grab your product because Ita at the time, she had Bark magazine, so uh, mm-hmm. a beautiful, you know, dog magazine. And my mum's saying, Elise, um, get your coat, and I had my little sample of my coat with my fire, and you go over there and introduce yourself to Ita. Well, I was so nervous, and, and the Wind TV crew were saying, Elise, you do it, you know, get up, get, get on your feet, go and do it. Well, so I did, and I went over to Ita, and she was lovely, you know. She was obviously had, she was uh, presenting at that event, so she was limited with her time, but she was so nice. But she went up on the stage and she said, I'm getting nervous talking about it because it was, you know, I was so nervous on the night. And she got up on the stage and she said, now this young business owner just came up and spoke to me. And she said, Elise, can you please stand up? So she made me stand up. Oh, oh, you know, I still, as I said, I'm getting nervous even talking about it now. But she was lovely enough to introduce me at that event. And she then gave me lots of free advertising in her magazine, Bark. So, yeah, that was an amazing um, moment too. And the thing, isn't isn't small business just amazing? All these little little things. Um, The Regional Achievers Award was huge for me because, as I said, I was flat out at the time. I was just running two businesses, organising, purchasing our house. And the biggest thing small businesses don't do is stop and reflect on how far you've come. We just don't do it. We're always, you know, got to improve on our packaging, got to improve on the website. And you've really got to take the time sometimes to stop and just reflect. And that's what awards do. They make you stop and reflect where you are, how far you've come and where you could be. Yeah, we've heard that from uh, from so many people that they write the nomination form, the entry form, and they say, oh, actually, sitting, looking back, as you said, reflecting, we've realised we've actually achieved quite a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember who it was, but they said, um, and this, this wasn't the regional awards, I think it was our Young Achiever Awards, they said, we couldn't believe it, it was a business though, um, we ended up just going out for a celebratory lunch to say, hey, this is awesome. Um, just the fact that let's reflect and, and think about it. And uh, another thing we've heard as well is that it can be a bit of a, you know, almost a mini self-audit of the business because you're putting everything down on a, on a form and you're realising, oh, these are all the, the areas that we're doing. Um, you know, let's look, look and see what, what we can improve or, or anything like that. So, you know, 
without even winning an award, just being, going through that process can be quite rewarding and um, informative as well. The, the, and the networking, don't, yeah. I mean, it's great to, to stop, um, celebrate, reflect, but the networking is just amazing at those those awards and you really develop friendships with people. Um, I've developed friendships where that I can ring up and say, I can see you're doing really well on Facebook or, you know, what you know how do I do this you know Facebook's changed the way the algorithm is or whatever and they're like oh yes I discovered that last week this is what you do and you can save a lot of time by just picking up the call the the phone and calling a friend and saying have you come across this problem too because a lot of the time with home-based or or online businesses we're constantly facing the same sort of problems you know Instagram doesn't upload and blocks you out of everything and you've got to reset everything up by keeping that networking and keeping the the lines of communication open we don't have to start from scratch we can just call a friend and say have you had that problem yeah yeah I'll fix that here it is you know yeah and that's reminded me of um, a recent chat with Tom Wellsby um, yeah. one of the guests he was saying you know he's an entrepreneur uh, and a startup owner of a small business and you know, he was kind of saying the same thing as you. It doesn't have to be a lonely journey, even if it's a small team or a solo business. Yeah, you surround yourself with people who support you with good networks, and that sounds like exactly what you've done. So I think yeah. that's another piece of, uh, of good advice to people out there who are I, in the same as, position. As I said to you yesterday, Josh, I was sewing away listening to that exact podcast, and, yes, I was nodding, nodding on the sewing machine, think, thinking, yes, Tom, yep, you're right, yep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So how often would you be at the sewing machine, do you reckon? I'm at, at a fair bit at the minute. So I've got people that I call in when I need them um, and there's bits and pieces with the process that I get some support with. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm on the sewing machine less and less um, but still still very much. So parts of the process of the coat that are, are, are sort of a simple part I um I get support with that, but then I finish the coat off if that makes sense because yep. I want to make sure that that belt's put on correctly, the studs are in, in the right spot. Um, so as the business grows, I'm going to have to get somebody to take that over. Um, it's just it's just the nature of it, but it's really important to me. Part of my business, as I said, I want it to be part of the community. So one of the things I love about the business is that I can manipulate the hours. That really helps me out with my kids. So when I start employing people, um, I really want to be able to provide um, flexible hours for them. So the lady that helped me so last winter, I said to her, look, Julie, I really need to get these coats done by the end of the week. If you want to do that in your own time, when whatever hours suit you, that's fine. I just I just need this quantity of coats done, and that worked for her because she was able to um, get her son off to his events and homeschool. She was homeschooling as well, so um, she really appreciated being able to just get the work done when in the times that suited her. Yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome, and um, you know you can tell that the there's so much attention to detail that there's quality in these coats because uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to go check them out. Um, you know, especially if you have a dog, they're just beautiful. Um, they they really look, look great, and uh, I'll be definitely putting in my order soon. So <laughs> winter. But um, my last question I wanted to to give you, Elise, is you know we're on the Inspiration Australians podcast. 
I think a lot of people will get inspiration from you and uh, the great you know, work you've done with your business and, and making it suit your lifestyle. Mm. What's something that inspires you, though? Oh, gosh, there's a lot of things that inspire me. Um, other other small business owners, you know, and, and the way that they go about their business really inspires me. Um, it's what keeps me going, you know, being able to watch what they're up to and how they've gone about things and... Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's the answer is watching watching other especially rural businesses and people that can see a problem and they and they fix it, you know. I love those type businesses. Yeah, that's a good answer. That is it's a good skill to have to be able to make those adjustments on the fly. Yeah. So uh we've heard about your socials, Fair Dinkum Dogs and uh, Fair Dinkum Dogs Australia on Instagram yeah. and obviously the same on the website. And I will include a lot of those links in the show notes. So anyone listening, you'll be able to just go straight through to the show notes and grab them. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure having you on, Elise, been chatting to you and uh, can't wait to, to chat to you again in a year and hear about what's been, uh, what's been going on and, and how many more coats you're selling and you've got employees probably. So I'm sure this is going to be that, you know, how, how long do you say the business has been going for? 27 years? 27 years. So originally was a wholesale business and and I've developed it into a online business. Um, but yeah, it's it's just such a strong product which I love, you know. I love the fact that people talk about how long the coat lasts for. My nan, she's always like, you know the problem with your coat, Elise? And I'm like, what nan? She's like, it lasts too long. What <laughs> a problem. So I said, well, that's a good problem to have, isn't it? And she's like, yes, well, it is. So her little dog, um, Puds, had passed away and now she's got Bobby and he's still wearing the same coat and, you know, we re-oil it up for her and make sure it's um, nice and waterproof. But, yeah, they they certainly do last a long time, which I'm very proud of. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you, Elise. We look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Josh. Really nice to meet you. All the best. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you liked it or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com for more details. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. 
Remember, together we make a difference.